most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins, and we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The Holy Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, Chapter 5, it is the basis for the sermon today. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people put light and light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Some people think that an office party means it's okay to drink to excess as long as you Uber home. That is darkness. Some people think that the money they earn is all their own to spend any way they want without first giving any thought to thankful and grateful chunk given to Jesus first. That is darkness. Some work very hard and strive to be successful, but in the process end up pushing others aside or down. That is darkness. Some people think that looking at dirty pictures is a private matter. It does not harm relationships and hurts no one. That is darkness. Some people think allowing their kids more than two hours a day on screen time will not, will not affect their ability to process emotions and relate to others. That is darkness. Some people think that racial profiling and demeaning comments because people have, others have a different skin color are just jokes. That is darkness. 
Some people think all religions have the same goal and end up the same. That is darkness. Some people know they're not perfect, that they're sinners, but they believe that they're better than all the people I just described. And that is darkness. The Bible says, see, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over all the people, all the people. Darkness is over me, over you. So what do we do about that? Throw up our hands in disgust, vent our frustrations about all the evil going on around us, and then go back to business as usual. Hunker down and hide behind closed doors and pray that Jesus will show up in glory soon. In today's gospel account, which I read from the lectern, Matthew's gospel, chapter 5, Jesus helps us understand that he did something about the darkness in my heart and in yours. And then he also helps us understand how we can be lights to those around us. He calls out, let your light shine. The Pharisees, ah, those Pharisees, they meant well. They were active members of their local congregation. They looked around and they were concerned. They were concerned about beggars and traitorous tax collectors, prostitutes, gamblers, petty thieves, farmers cheating on taxes, indecent, uneducated shepherds, families falling apart, kids imitating all that was evil in their current culture. Only a few scattered older people showing up in the pews for worship and everybody else, everybody else too busy to go to church, maybe showing up for a couple of festivals a year. The Pharisees looked around and they saw greed, humanism, materialism. For the kids out there that's wanting money and thinking it's all about me and wanting more stuff. That's what they saw. It was every man or woman for his, him or herself. Something had to be done. So the Pharisees dug into their Old Testament scriptures and determined that the best way to fix the problems that they saw all around them would be to get people to buy into a stricter guideline for behavior. And soon, they were swimming in all kinds of rules and regulations. Of course, not many of the Israelites and the other Israelites bought in, but that didn't stop the Pharisees from setting themselves apart as purer and better than all the other unwashed masses because they at least tried to keep all those rules. In fact, the word Pharisee means set apart. Follow us if you want to be enlightened. But everybody knew that those Pharisees were holy rollers, holy joes, better than thou, religious fanatics. Nobody wanted to live up to their standards. Nobody could. And then Jesus said, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. His followers were hoping to get a break from the nagging and constant pressure from the Pharisees but Jesus is now saying that God's standards are higher. God's standards go off the charts. Jesus said, truly I tell you, 
until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. His disciples, his followers, understood what he meant. They couldn't live up to the Pharisee standards. How are they going to live up to God's standards, which were higher than that? I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I just have this feeling like, like I need to quarrel with the Lord when he says, Be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Come on, Lord. You've got to be kidding me. You know that's impossible. Hasn't there ever been a moment when an eyebrow for you went up when you think about God's demand to be holy? Do you mean to tell us, Lord, that if we keep all of your regulations, except maybe one little thing, maybe one harmless, well-intended even, little white lie, that with that, we are still liable to being dumped in eternal darkness? Do you mean to say, Lord, that if we keep all of your rules and break just one, that we're not good enough to live up to your light? Jesus answers, yes. That's exactly what I mean. 99.9% is not good enough. Come to think of it, in many cases, 99.9% isn't good enough for us. If 99.9% were good enough, then... Two plane landings every day at O'Hare would be unsafe. Then 12 babies every day would be given to the wrong parents. Then 291 pacemaker operations in the next year will be performed incorrectly. Then 22,000 bank withdrawals will be withdrawn from the wrong account in the next 60 minutes. Then 103,260 tax returns will be processed incorrectly in the next year. Then 2,488,200 books will be shipped in the next 12 months with the wrong cover. Then 5,517,200 cases of soft drinks will be produced in the next 12 months flatter than a bad tire. In many ways, 99.9% isn't good enough for us. It doesn't meet our standards. And it certainly doesn't meet God's. If we think we've done everything to match up to God's demand to be holy and perfect. We have just stepped into darkness. Anything short of perfection is darkness, sin, lights out. But then Jesus said this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus did not come into the world to set an example so we know how to do it right. Uh Uh-uh. He came to do what we could not do. The Bible makes it very clear. God made Jesus who had no sin to be sinful in our place so that when we're connected to Jesus, we might be considered right when we stand before God. Do you understand that? Your pastors pray that you do. It's the best news you're ever going to hear. Jesus did not come into the world to do away with and abolish God's demands and for perfection and holiness, his laws. He came to fulfill them. And here's the miracle message of holy writ. 
God now considers what Jesus did as though you did it. He considers Jesus' rightness to be ours. That's what makes Jesus the light of the world. Another gospel writer, John, said, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. That means no matter where we go, no matter where we are, God is scattering the darkness of our sin with the light of Jesus' love. And that happens as a gift from God, even if it starts to snow on a Sunday morning, even if the temperatures plummet below zero, even if our friends are fickle, even if the income doesn't match the expenses, even if we slip and fall into doing something we promised ourselves we'd never do again. His light is still shining his forgiving love on us. There's no inherent, inborn light in us, but yet because of Jesus, the light source, we can join with the Bible writers to saying, Lord, in your light we see light. My God turns my darkness into light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And we get all tickled with thr- and thrilled with excitement when the prophet Isaiah announces, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines upon you. The brightness of the sun will not shine upon you. The brightness of the moon will no longer be your light for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your God will be your glory. Jesus is the light source for us. So who am I? And why am I here? And where am I going? A search for answers to those questions without a message from God will lead to emptiness and darkness. But God is not silent. God has spoken. He pulled back the curtain, flipped on the spotlight. Jesus, the light source, lights up the path to heaven for us. But not only that, he also turns us into lights, reflecting his so desperately needed in our life and in the world, the dark world around us. So powerful is that purpose of God's light to come to us and reflect through us, so powerful that Jesus was not afraid afraid to mix the metaphor. And for the kids in the back, that means change the picture from light to salt. Listen to this. You are salt of the earth. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Salt is good. It has a purpose. Back in those days, 20 centuries ago and more, salt was, of course, used to flavor food. It was also used as a preservative. If you got a pile of fine-grained white sand in your hand, It will not flavor food. It will not preserve food. It's worthless. It has no purpose. Dump it. But if you have salt in your hand, it has a purpose. It's good. You are salt of the earth, Jesus said. You have a purpose. Then he flips the picture back to light. An LED bulb will not shine on its own. It has to be connected and turned on so that the electrical current generated from the power source can be transmitted to it and through it. When we are connected to Jesus, we are a light for others. Our lights are on. No no 
No sense to have false humility. Well, I can't talk about spiritual matters with my family or friends because they'll be turned off. Hey, it's not your light that you're shining out. It's Jesus. Kind of takes the pressure off, wouldn't you say? We don't have to be spiritual luminaries or theological stars because Jesus is the light source to us. We already are lights walking around, shining out his light to others. As the apostles said, we can't help speaking about what we've seen and heard. Or as Jesus says right here, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light shine. I bet that you know people, and I'm not a betting man, but I bet that you know people who are walking around in spiritual darkness, sometimes not even caring about it or knowing about it, just cruising along through life, everything's going fine, don't need God, thank you very much. But just wait. Our God works in very unique ways. There may come a time when he will allow in their lives, those walking in spiritual darkness, may allow them to sense and experience loneliness, emptiness, the fear of this spiritual darkness. And that's when they will be awfully glad that they met you. Let your light shine. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.